0: Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. You are listening to the
1: Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment.
2: Welcome to cannon fodder a behind the scenes look at the glass cannon network What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the FOD. It is Wednesday, August 9th, 2023, and I'm your old pal, Joe O'Brien. And I'm Troy. Ten hours of sleep, LaVallee. <laughs>
1: what's your average over the
2: last seven days?
1: Oh, three and a half, four tops.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, man, I do. I feel really well rested, too. I exercised this morning. It felt amazing. My voice isn't completely shredded. It's, it's wonderful to be back.
1: Yeah, so I came home. I was out on a uh, a 7 a.m. flight, which means I was up at 4. I had a really horrible last night of sleep. And all of those nights of sleep at Gen Con are are ridiculous. It was never like, oh, I feel great. Uh, You're just constantly, like, not thinking about the pain. Uh, Poor Skid trapped in Indianapolis. Eric Mona trapped in Indianapolis. Oh, Mona got trapped, too? Yeah, Mona got trapped, too, after, like, boarding the plane earlier in the day. Oh. It had to take, yeah, just brutal. The key to leaving Gen Con is leave Sunday night or leave at... At the ass crack of dawn on Monday uh, which is what I did now I originally was doing that uh, mainly because I just knew that I would miss my family so much and I wanted to get home as h- soon as humanly possible uh, but during the time my wife ended up taking the kids <laughs> and Linus away uh, to her moms uh, towards the end of my trip and so they're not coming home until uh, well now this is Wednesday we're recording this on Tuesday until today so I came home to an empty house which was uh, which was really weird. I'm going from 70,000 people to zero people. and so I was just cleaning up I had like a lot of cleaning that I needed to do because things were such a disaster leading up to Gen Con and then I like had all these sports cards that I'd just been purchasing and leaving in piles like uh, Howard Hughes like with urine jars <laughs> and so I had to like sort those all by sport and then uh, I had some work I had to do for uh, the project we're going to talk about in a second but then I was like I, I I need to see other people so I went to a bar at like eight o'clock this amazing little pub um, and had dinner just sitting at at the bar just so I could feel like I was around other people. And then went to bed at 10 30 and woke up at 8 30. <laughs> what an amazing feeling. I went to bed at the exact same minute, <laughs> 10
2: 30 last night. Uh so wonderful. Slept the whole night through. It was it was fantastic. But yeah, we are gonna do a little Gen Con recap today. Talk to you about what went down and what you can expect to start seeing and hearing uh, as we begin to release content that we recorded all weekend long. We're of course gonna do a little dip in on the tour, added a date and and a, the biggest news of today's po- um, uh, I said pod, today's FOD is going to be the state of the pod an upcoming Troy LaValle live stream that's going to be, uh well, we'll talk about more about it later, but baby. the state of the pod. Not the state of the nation. I've seen a lot of people very confused about what this is going to be. It's very clearly the state of the pod. State of the pod. So we're going to hear more details about that in a little bit. And then, of course, we got to talk a little side quest. side We didn't have fodder last week, so we want to get back with you and talk to you guys about a few uh, details on those those most recent episodes that have aired of the fantastic give me the name of the of the module what's it called uh, uh, have I said the name of the module I don't think you have but I mean yeah, come on at this point people who know know It's Uh, called Something of the Bopon The Bopon Cheese Party
1: It's the Bopon Cheese Party, that's the first part (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, the first one's called The Opal of Bopon The Opal of Bopon, what a fantastic adventure I'm
2: so into it Uh, But it is very scary, we're in a very scary situation Now, so we're going to talk all about it All right, let's get back to Gen Con Uh, Gen Con Impressions, Uh, let's start with that What was, uh, what stood out to you This year at Gen Con as a whole As opposed to
1: You know, the last couple Gen Cons that we've been to. Well, I mean, this was our second year with the booth and we were so much more prepared because last year, the whole idea for the booth and the from, from idea to concept to concept to execution all happened in about 45 days. This year, we started our fiscal year planning for Gen Con. And so you could tell, uh, by Wednesday afternoon, how much all of that extra planning made a difference. Yeah. So that extra
2: like five months of planning that we had access to, to do that, it result, the net result was being roughly 12 to 15 hours ahead of schedule at Gen Con. (laughs) Right. So like, if you think, if you think about it like that, like two years ago at Gen Con, our stream was was it about 90 minutes late 2 hours late at least like yeah under on two fir- but almost two on the first day i think we were 2 hours late to stream and this time we were out to dinner the night before with everything completely done dusted tested uh and booth completely finished i mean it was it was incredible to be that relaxed going into the first session that on that thursday morning
1: yeah, I mean, we just, I, I, I came over Wednesday, uh, cause you guys got there early on Wednesday and I was prepping, uh, Glass Cannon Live and the first Pathfinder show. And, uh, I walked in, you were like, it's done. We're we're like everything's good and we still had a few more hours of stuff but you were shocked because like we were doing test streams we were running the audio and everything was super clean and you know there's just so much that goes into producing uh this booth and producing this weekend because we also have shows at the con and shows outside the con so our attention is is split but man the preparation and the team that we have in place i just feel like I i walked away from this weekend being like we can fucking do Anything.
2: <laughs> Anything. Yeah. Yeah. It was an incredible amount of teamwork as exhausted as you and I were, everybody. W- put everything that they had into its skid. Uh We was completely burnt end to end, but you wouldn't know it from his performances on stage and in the booth. He was absolutely on fire all weekend long. Uh Sydney, who we asked to jump in and do a lot extra because Matthew couldn't make it, just said, yep, I'll do anything you need and stepped up and was wonderful uh, behind the cameras. Michael Meridian, our production coordinator and Matt Brody, our cinematographer on Gatewalkers came out with us and helped us shoot in the booth. And it looked amazing. It sounded, I think, better than it sounded last year. Oh yeah. So keep an eye and ear out for that. We're going to talk about that in a second. Hopefully we'll get some content releases coming to you soon. There's also uh, Tristan, who um, is our sales and marketing director. He oversaw the whole booth last year too. And this year, even more prepared. He blew out his knee on day one and stayed the entire time just i mean the sacrifices that everybody was putting up mcdee who was there not only in a uh, operational capacity to just help with things as simple as hauling equipment across the country he drove it across the country from philly he uh he he you know he supplied us with fruit and water and granola bars like all that kind of stuff but then he was also out there community, community managing he's talking to the nation. he's hanging out with people he's uh you know exchanging information getting details i mean it was just what an incredible team. And then of course, all the folks that helped us sell in the booth, uh, you know, all of them, uh, from Twitch at K Rob and Jim with two ends and et cetera. And, and it was just Grace and Kate. Uh, yeah, Grace and Kate. It was just fantastic to have such a, a great team come together to pull that off because honestly, I look back at it and like there pretty much wasn't a hiccup. Like everything went according to plan except for some Twitch funkiness. But that was on Twitch's platform and not on our end.
1: We didn't drop a single frame in four days of live streaming, not a single frame. But, dude, you know, it's like so that's one part of it is like you want everything to go according to plan. And it did, which is uh, amazing. uh, And that's preparedness. Then the second part of it is like. Is the content any good? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. Are we going to be on? Are we going to have the stamina to be able to, you know, come up with the improvised shit all weekend long? And I think every single fucking show that we did from the booth to outside the booth to those live shows was, was just – Uh, Like top, top tier glass cannon network stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, just from, from stream to stream to stream, everybody, uh, everybody was on and it was just, we, we created some, some magic this weekend with this content. So if you didn't see it, get ready because we're going to be, uh, preparing those and getting them out there and you're going to be able to see like just, uh, this eclectic mix of, uh, some of the best content we've ever produced. I feel like we're at the top of our fucking game right now. (laughs) And then everybody we work with just comes in and like, uh, it, it exceeds all expectations, like rises to the occasion and delivers. Uh, God, yeah, I'm we, just so excited uh, just still thinking about it.
2: Yeah, because last year, a lot of the – we brought in plenty of people that we had never even really worked with before. Uh, and this year, everybody that was in that booth, we've worked with at least once or twice before. So there was a chemistry there. There was a familiarity there. So when people like Josephine McAdam or Nori Ibrahim came in, we have so many uh, – hours and hours and hours of, uh, of experience with them. Jason Charles Miller comes in, crushes it. Harley Kane comes back again this year, crushes it. Paula runs another game, crushes it, and, and, and plays in several others. It was just, and I'm, I'm forgetting people, but it was wonderful to have everybody in there. And then, and our staff back here, let's not forget, CJ, who's doing all the production and post-production stuff. So you're going to see a lot of content coming out soon that's going to be all, uh, managed by CJ. And then the, uh, and Francis. Francis was here. He was, he was like live. Uh, uh what do you call it uh live subtitling captioning and live captioning your social media videos that you were sending from the floor like he was waiting in the studio for them turn them around live caption get them back i mean it just felt like the team was in new york and in Indy, and everybody was clicking and it was fantastic so yeah. huge thank you to all of them and Naish, please show them your love whenever you see them
1: and you know, you know, behind the scenes there, we, we hosted an industry party. Um, and we, we did it last year and it was very, uh, very low key. We just kind of sent an email out to people like, Hey, come, we're going to do this little party. Uh, and we hosted one this year. And this is something I talked about to you at our first Gen Con. I was like, a couple years! Because we had went to a couple parties, and we're just like, holy shit, everybody's here. I said, you watch. A couple years, we're going to have the Glass Cannon Network party, and we laughed about it. Well, we we we, we had one, uh, a legit one, uh, this time, and everybody in the fucking industry showed up for that <laughs> party. It's <was laughs> like, you just look around, and it was like a who's who. Because people want, like, finally finally are starting to understand what it is that we bring to the table like we're being taken seriously or this art of actual play is finally being taken seriously but i was like oh man this is this is just the beginning just the beginning for us eight years in
2: <laughs> it takes a while to get warmed up but yeah, yeah. we had a we had a fantastic time so let's talk about the content itself uh you said it was great i agree with you we had a lot of shows that were I mean, some surprisingly wonderful and uh, some just as you expect, but you should expect to see stuff. I mean, we're not going to put a timeline on it because we don't—we haven't even looked at the raw footage yet, but we think it's all good uh, because what went up on Twitch looked good to me and sounded good to me. So we're hoping within the next week or two to be rolling these things out at some sort of pace. They'll go on YouTube and then audio will go on Patreon. Is that what should be expected? That's the plan right now. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll see these things coming out a bit by bit. Another one of those things that's going to be coming out, and I'll say this before we dive into the rest of Gen Con, is San Diego Comic Con. So we've talked with Marvel. We should be getting the high res of that footage. Soon, and we should be able to put that right up on our YouTube, which would be awesome. Uh, and then uh, release that audio too, right? Yeah, I, uh, the We're audio is bad it. for San Diego Comic Con, but that's because it's a con
1: panel. Like they, they're bad. They don't and have it was, podcast mics. You like. know, it wasn't. We didn't talk to the video team. You know, they don't know us. Like it wasn't our video people. And so I'm trying to. You know, it's so different when we have our video people. They know our rhythms and they know like when to do this. It was just a, a different thing. Matthew's mic was out for the first 20 minutes, so it's not. <laughs> to <laughs> be up to our normal quality, which would normally mean I just wouldn't put it up because uh, plenty of shows, I was just like, sorry, can't put it up. However, uh, it's too big of an occasion to not try and cobble together something to get up on the internet. It was also a... Phenomenal show
2: Exactly So that brings me to Gen Con uh, Marvel at Gen Con So we did Marvel again At Gen Con They sponsored the booth It was so great to work with them Yet again But we didn't continue That show or that story We did a new superhero story With established Known Marvel heroes Mm -hmm. In a new quick super group For a one shot (laughs) And we had so much fun Oh my gosh
1: Uh, Oh my gosh It was so fun We were peak tired For that stream But you would (laughs) never know it uh, Except with Skid doing math uh, but yes. like, my God, that system is just fantastic. It's just fantastic. I even said it on the stream. I was like, when I first read this, I was like a little worried it was going to be too, uh, I was like, ah, oh, this isn't, it doesn't have enough chunk to it. No, it, there is uh, maybe too much chunk. I mean, there is a lot of uh, math and a lot of crunchiness because you just get so access to so many powers. Um, but I was like, all right, we're, we're not going to have the whole team from San Diego Comic-Con out for this. So instead of doing those original heroes, let's really take the system in a different direction because the thing has like 70 pages of already made character sheets of established heroes. I'm like, you pick heroes and I'll just come up with a little story and uh, see what uh, what comes of it. We had a blast. We had an absolute blast. I um, <clears throat> I uh demoed
2: for a a new group Dragonbane. We did we talked about this. We did it on Glass Cannon Labs. We created characters. Well, this was the one-shot adventure and I think it turned out wonderful. It was really fantastic. Our cinematographer Matt was like, "I might be walking Right directly to the Free League booth in my 15-minute break to buy that starter set. because It's not even a starter set. It's the whole set. It's the whole game. Like, yeah. They just trim it down and make it tight. So, like, this is all you need to play the game. And uh, everybody had a fantastic time. Jason Charles Miller guest on that one. And he was... MVP of the session. <laughs> he blew everybody away, even just with his voice alone. He was so wonderful. And his character was amazing. And everybody did a great job on that show. Uh, the, the biggest Pathfinder thing that we did the whole weekend, uh, besides the Strange Aeons Glass Cannon Live, was in the booth, we did a two part teaser. To Sky King's Tomb, the new AP for 2E. So if you want to check that out, it is an all dwarf party that we made. We, it was uh, Sydney and I and Skid played with Eric Mona, and the four of us made dwarves. <laughs> and we do kind of – it's not going to spoil anything. You know, it's, it's just sort of like a – I will it, spoil <laughs> it, spoils, it just spoils, it spoils the, one section of the adventure, the very very, very early section. beginning of of uh, Sky King's tomb. But it gives you an idea. If this is something you'd be interested in trying out, uh, check it out because and it, and we utilized the mechanics from the new
1: Rage of Elements book, which was the release at uh, at Gen Con. Yeah, Skid played a metal kineticist, and uh, uh, what would uh, uh, Sydney had a familiar that was one of the new familiars uh, that you can have. And uh, yeah, everyone everyone. I mean, I, t- I said this to Mona. I was like, man, we are like inadvertently really good at this because we showed off all these new powers uh, of, that just came yeah, out. Yeah, so this
2: Mona one book. was a <laughs> Mona was a cleric using the new pantheon. They put out a new dwarven pantheon in the um, High Helm uh, ex, uh, uh, supplement that just came out. Yeah. so he did like a new deity that's like this dark, twisted, like demonic, like deity of the dwarves. It was <laughs> just
1: so cool. He was Grutal the Heretic. Grutal
2: the Heretic, my my dear. <laughs> uh, it was just so good. And then I did the barbarian using the new Elemental Rage builds, uh Instinct. Elemental Rage Instinct. So when my guy raged, I, I went into flames. And you start, like, adding fire damage to all your attacks. So much fun. So I, I highly recommend you guys check it out when we drop that. We also did an Alien RPG one-shot uh that I have not seen one minute of yet. That's, like, one of the <laughs> only things that I haven't seen a minute of. Uh It was uh, sponsored by Demiplane, who helped us out with the booth. And they were... Uh, keen on us using some of their showing off some of their alien tools. So everybody hopped on and was playing a one shot that Jared Logan wrote along with McDee, uh, to, you know, run them through a one shot of alien. And from what I hear from the players, it was awesome. Uh, oh man, how about Pendragon? Do how you remember Pendragon? About- Pendragon, <laughs> how about the next game that I want to play so bad in <laughs> a, an extended campaign i didn 't know about Pendragon. Uh, I had heard of it loosely, but I did not even realize that it was like Arthurian role playing but yeah, it is just so up my alley. I say it a million times in the demo, but you got to check it out. I mean the game it, we it 's a true beginner 's demo. Uh, Brian Holland from Chaosium ran it for us, and he told the guy who's doing the RuneQuest right now, if you guys are watching or you listening to that. You mean <laughs> Brian Holland from the Glass Cannon Network? Brian Holland from the Glass Cannon Network. He was pretty adamant he was like don't even open it before we get to the gen con booth i don't want you prepared for anything i want to do it like we would do a demo at the call at the uh, chaosium booth and so that's what we did we opened it live on air he brought the sets over and we started picking nights and started to tell this story this brief story of night and it was i'm telling you it was right out of george R. R. martin wasn't it it was like Literally, you just felt like you were in a Game of Thrones story. It was fantastic. And then all of the amazing uh mechanics that that game uses for role-playing and uh emotional sort of how your character responds to events. And then not to mention when you look at what your character sheet holds for the long term. I mean, it's stuff like you know it has when you're squired and when you were knighted but then there's open spaces for like the year that you become landed the year that you uh, uh become a knight of the round table the year that you uh get your nobility and then like the year that you die and then that is expected that you would then pass that on to your uh to your child and yeah, then so you, it's start crusader it's yeah, like you start exactly playing kings yeah you start playing your child so it's like crusader kings the loose uh idea he gave us was that each game session generally is like a season or two seasons, so it's like a quarter of a year or like a half of a year. Is like what you play in one game session the passage of the lives of these characters. And there's rules for combat, and there's rules for you know a jousting and stuff like horse competition, horse riding jousting competitions. Anyway, we I could had go on a joust. We had we, a tilt. <laughs> I tilted against Troy's character. Oh it my was, god, it was, it was so, so cinematic. Yeah, <laughs> it really was. And there was so by the time we jousted, there was so much
1: story to both characters. Like, oh man. It was was perfect yeah i mean we've always wanted to play like a a, a westeros type game and uh, maybe we just take like the pendragon uh, system and skin a, uh, a a little westeros story it'd be so easy to do so easy,
2: so easy. uh then we have uh, i did a, a similar demo of the gloomhaven rpg but i did it with character creation so um we i I sat everybody down sydney came matthew was originally supposed to be in it so sydney came but she's never played a minute of gloomhaven and so it's great i thought a real introduction to the system in general introduction to gloomhaven in general and then everybody created characters and by the end of it everybody was so pumped to get together because we're going to get together soon and play those characters in a one-shot adventure that will be streamed and the audio will be released uh, on patreon Whew. Then we did uh, Modern Cthulhu. Uh, we did Modern Cthulhu Bachelor Party, uh, another Brian Holland joint at the booth. And that you, – you talk about that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, we played a lot of Cthulhu this weekend. Uh, but the, the Modern Cthulhu thing that he ran in the booth, he sat there with no – not a single thing in front, not even dice in front of him and weaved this story together that was masterful. We were all just like, watching an alchemist at work. We, yeah. we we you know this this was kind of our dread uh like we did dread in the booth last year. This was our our kind of silly uh dread thing, but he had this uh idea that's a precursor to a thing that he's writing that Chaosium is about to release. So this is sort of a prequel to that adventure. So he knows the the world of this uh so well. It's just four guys go to a log cabin for a bachelor party weekend and uh it's not what you think. It was absolutely horrifying and obviously hilarious as well because we're all goofing and punchy but uh and it's a tight it's a tight 90 it's like it's 90 minutes
2: total and it tells this whole terrifying story as a precursor to something he's working on and i love the title i told you this after the fact it's it's called alone against the static yeah and it's just like oh it's gonna be awesome um then what else out of the booth? Oh, D&D 5e with Paula Deming. Paula Deming GM'd that game, uh, fantastic. That's another one that I actually didn't see a minute of, uh, but heard great things. Paula said it went really, really well. Um, we did a teaser for Professor Purple Worm Kill Kill. Uh, we did a, a preview, I guess you should say, you could say, which is, uh, the show that you and I talked about on fodder that we couldn't go into great detail on, but we flew out to LA back in May and shot an episode. You shot two episodes. I shot one episode of, uh, this series that's going to be coming out on a and uh, what do they call it? Fast uh, channel. Fast channel. On a D&D fast channel where uh, they're just one hour one shots basically. But watch that. Uh, watch this little one hour thing we put together with uh, Matthew Lillard and Bill Rayar from Beetle and Grimms. They were the production team behind Faster Purple Worm Kill Kill. And they give us some insight into how it all came together. And then we actually show the first ever clips and samples. From the production TV show clips,
1: the uh, Joe and Troy on TV. It they, looks they, like they are, amazing. amazing. Legitimate, it was
2: a legitimate TV show. And you can see those clips uh, and get a sense of what's coming down the pike uh, in the
1: fall. We're hoping that'll be released. Whew. What else? Um, we had two shows at the con. I'll yes, do this very quickly. Yes. Uh, we had our modern Call of Cthulhu show, the one that I kept talking about, like, I'm so excited about this scenario. If you've ever read, the, uh, there's this uh, collection of one-hour uh, sh- modern Call of Cthulhu stories called Fear's Sharp Little Needles. And I got this over a year ago when I was like, "We're doing a Call of C- I'm doing a Call of Cthulhu show at the John. And there is a one in there called Poetry Night. By Oscar Rios. And I regret I forgot to say it at the end. I wanted to shout this scenario out. Well, that's the scenario that I ran for Joe, Skid, Nora, and Sydney. And it was this was streamed on the Gen Con channel. So you can go to Gen Con's Twitch channel and watch this. You got to kind of some of the uh, some of the Nash have like, uh, have created a link that goes straight to it. Otherwise, you got to scrub through that day because they just go, go live and then end the live at the end of the day. But holy shit. I mean, Nora was on another planet. Uh, Everybody was. (laughs) And it was a horrifying, very, very dark scenario. But man, talk about a tight two hours. That was like we were five minutes left and everyone was like, there's no way Troy's going to end this. And we did with like a minute to spare. Please watch that. And of course, we did the busted mufflers Saturday night, Saturday at 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Just a a wild show that sadly only exists in that room. Uh, But man, it's unbelievable. It's so sad that it only exists in that room because things happened that we want to carry forward so bad and i'm gonna forget all of it major time. repercussions yeah it was all over the place and uh, like off the wall completely off the rails like all of the busted muffler shows but at the end it kind of came together uh in something that is going to change the busted mufflers forever it's true And then we had Glass Cannon Live. We started book four of Strange Aeons at Helium Comedy Club Thursday night. And talk about Off the Rails. That show, I don't want to say too much because we're working on the video. I I mean, holy shit, dude. The Toll tour this year, we have been firing on all cylinders. (laughs) And this one was no different. It was, and it had a little bit of everything because obviously that show has a sillier tone. It has plenty of silly, plenty of goofy, plenty of fall out of your seat laughter. But there was some stuff that I wanted to do at the beginning of the show uh, with, uh, you know, aldo and atticus's character in particular now that you have your memories back that was very very much much different tone than the rest of the show so get excited for that one that was that was really off the walls i
2: always love the start of a new book i just love the start oh, i, I love the start of a new book better than the end of a previous book like i don't get as excited about boss fights as i do about the initial conceits of a new book the role-playing aspects the meeting new npcs getting the idea of what's the next chapter in the character's lives i just i Love it so much, in that it did not disappoint. It was oh, it's like the first day show. of school—you
1: get to show up, like start over. You get your yes. your new character, your like new character stuff. Let's just really—I'm gonna, I'm really gonna track treasure this time, and I'm gonna <laughs> uh, right. sharpen all my pencils. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and then finally, uh, we did Call of Cthulhu live Friday night—a uh, scenario that I, uh, I was—you like, know me—I'm not Mister Homebrew. I don't like anybody doing homebrew on the network because I don't trust it. But I was like, fuck it, I'm doing. it. I have a cool idea, and also I have the best improvisers in the game. Uh, up on stage and we did the show with rob kirkovich kate Stamis, Nora Ibrahim, you and skid and holy shit we're working on the video for that one as well what a wild wild show i had no ending in mind really i didn't know what the last 45 minutes of that show was going to be like i was like let's just see what happens in the moment and we had an absolute blast absolute blast Absolute
2: blast it was amazing, and I'm so glad that that one was recorded so that everybody yes. can partake uh, in that awesome Athenaeum show. um Oh, and we forgot one from the booth: uh, <laughs> "Escape from New York." You weren't oh! on it, so you forgot it. But I was there, and Mona's holy... GM debut on the network. Mona GM'd a run through of the Everyday Heroes system, "Escape from New York" campaign. Uh, just a, a small sample of it, and I did it with Rob Kirkovich uh skid and who was the last person jared jared that's right rob kirkovich skid jared and me played in escape from new york as gm'd by eric mona and I, i thought that it was phenomenal it was sponsored by sirenscape and they we used the new sirenscape escape from new york sound set and as soon as i started playing the music skid was getting chills and rob kirkovich said he might cry like it was it put it, the music is so good. It feels like you are making your own movie, uh, uh, you know, with that setting. And it was just it was hilarious and awesome
1: and uh, intense, too. It was really intense. It's funny. You made the rundown for this. Uh, I think you just went with like your memory because there's two other things that happened at the booth that are. not yeah, 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 I'm just Thast going off grim. The- Oh, that's right. Fast fucking grim. Jared did the character creation for it a week before, uh, Gen Con and then had, uh, Nora, Sydney, Kate, and Josephine or Paula. Paula. Yeah, and Paula. It was Paula, Nora, Kate, and Sydney through Vast Grim. It's this like Morkborg in space, the, like grim dark space thing. Please watch that. They had an absolute blast with that. I keep saying absolute blast. That's what I That's what I think of when I have a good time. I had an absolute <laughs> blast. And then Sydney and Kate did a Twitch takeover. We can't... How, how could we forget to mention their 30-minute Twitch takeover? But is uh, that going to be released on book? YouTube and in audio? I, I'll have to watch it. We'll pre-screen it. We'll <laughs> <laughs> <Get a> pre-screen it. <laughs> that one <laughs> uh,
2: i watched about the first five minutes and they were amazing they were amazing <laughs> out of the gate but yeah i don't know where it went from there so yeah we'll have to we'll have to check that out but uh man uh, we're, we only have so much time in this pod let's get back to business we we need to talk about the state of the pod but uh well, and that's what i'm excited about but before that uh real quick state of the pod in two minutes give me the two minute rundown on
1: uh you, we added a date the well it's, we haven't added it yet we've added it internally they don't know about it yet one month from today dude one month from today we're back, we're, we're on, back the on the road. road we're back in boston uh we haven't been to boston in like a year we're gonna be at the paradise i think we can sell that show out over 200 tickets sold right now there's uh as of right now 69 tickets left nice uh please sell that out boston if you sell <laughs> come on, that out, boston come on boston dude. that's our homecoming show uh dude i cannot I don't want to, I don't want to ever leave my house again, but I also can't wait to go uh, to Boston for that show. And do you realize
2: that after the Boston show, we are going to have to get up at about five in the morning to drive back?
1: Yep, I thought because about it this yesterday. it is the yesterday. first
2: Sunday of football, and we can't miss one minute of football.
1: Yep, I'm used to getting up the day after the show and hopping a plane. I am just going to be up at uh, 6 and on the road by 7 so I can get home uh, for the pregame shows. Yeah, exactly, uh, dude. It's the opening. Yep. Oh, Open day. Or you know what? Maybe I'll just go home and watch with my dad all day. Uh, that's we'll what I'm see. sad about. Am I, well, am I going to have to get my own ride to Boston? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm driving like all of you. Yeah, I guess we're... Sorry, everybody. Everybody's getting up early. Uh, anyways, that's <laughs> happening. And then in uh, October... October, we're doing Chicago and St. Louis. St. Louis, there are 20 tickets left. I have no concerns about that selling out. Huge thank you to all of St. Louis and surrounding areas. They've been waiting for us to come out there. But then Chicago... What the fuck, Chicago? We're not even half sold in Chicago. We used to sell out Chicago at the drop of a hat. I guess uh, guess people are tired of seeing us out in Minneapolis, or maybe they all live in St. Louis. Let's go, Chicago. That's a big town for us. Chicago
2: should get together with L.A. and hang out because they're both the
1: worst together. Let's go Chicago or we're never coming back.
2: And yeah, I- it is, it is a mystery. It's one of our first shows we ever did. It sold out in a heartbeat. It was one of my favorite shows ever because it was the show where I, I remember it's the show in January 2019 where I announced that I was going full time. Uh, yeah. On the Glasgow Network, we were going full time. It was so wonderful. The place was packed. The, the niche was amazing. I, I do wonder maybe they're just splitting out to Minneapolis
1: and St. Louis, but yeah. I don't know, but come on out to that, uh, because I love the the pizza, I love that city, and I'll be sad if I never go back, but I, I'm i threatening to never go back. And then tickets are going to go on sale next week for the last show of the year. We're only doing four more shows this year. Boston, Chicago, St. Louis, and Philly. Uh, we're going to be there for Packs Unplugged, uh, doing a Philly show back at City Winery. Uh, Christmas, the Christmas sweater party. Uh, although, if they don't turn on the AC, I'm going to go there shirtless, because it's so fucking hot. Uh, but we're coming back to Philly, and uh, those tickets are going to go on sale next week so stay tuned uh to social media uh and to this to find out how to get those tickets or just go to our website that is the tour let's talk about state of the pod it's pretty wild for it to be august and be like there are only four shows left like
2: that that's it dude so yeah if you want to see us in 2023 it's got to be boston chicago st
1: louis or philly Um, Last night, uh, when I was sitting on the couch after I got home from my little solo dinner, I like took out my remarkable and started going over my to do list and cleaning stuff out. Just like wiped away all the Gen Con stuff, wiped away all this, and just trying to look at like the end of the year between now and December. And that's the first thing that astounded me. I'm like, oh, there's only four more shows. I'm like, I kind of think I have those prepped already. And that's my goal. It's like, just get this stuff prepped, set it and forget it. Uh, Because before you know it, I'm gonna have to start running some time for chaos. But in the meantime, let's talk about State of the Pod. State this is of the pod. What is this? Well, I'll tell it, you what it's not. You mean state of the nation? No, no I, like a typo on that graphic. No, yeah. Let me tell you what it's not. It is not state of the nation. I see people uh, pontificating, uh, trying to guess, like, oh, they're going to talk about release dates for this, new tour dates for this, or uh, we're going to a new series. But no, we are going to talk about the glass cannon podcast we're going to talk about the glass cannon podcast campaign two we're going to talk about game walkers (laughs) and it is going to be a show that you do not want to miss. The plan right now is I'm going to come on. Hey, what's going on? Bebop and Scat talk a little bit up front. I'm going to announce our official sponsors. We have official sponsors for the pod. Uh Any other big news? Uh, we've got like several contracts on the table right now. Maybe things will get ironed out between now and Friday. And if so, I'll announce those things as well. But the focus is going to be on Gatewalkers. You're going to find out the release date. You're going to find out the release date of something that's going to come before the actual release date. And we're going to debut all of my sit down, uh, interviews with the cast that happened months ago talking about their character. We did it forever ago for, uh, Uh, Androids and and aliens. aliens. I think we did it for Ruins of Aslan. You know, very like we sat there. Probably had an iPhone camera. Uh, This is a multi-camera shoot, and we did it for Blood of the Wild, but it was audio only. But that, but it was great. Yep. So we're doing this. We had uh, multiple cameras. We went out all over uh, the five boroughs of New York uh, shooting these videos where I just sit down and talk about the characters. So This is going to be the char- like the reveals about the beginnings of the ideas of these characters. We're talking ancestries. We're talking classes uh, and so much more. And also just Even like a couple feats. I think I might have mentioned a feat. You certainly mentioned a few other things, uh, but <laughs> we also just sit down and chat. So there's a lot of that as well. Uh, I think it's this, getting to know people a little bit better,
2: getting to know their neighborhood a little bit better, you know, this, this place that they love to go have a drink. Like it's just, it's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I, I think people are really going to like that. It's going to be a long stream. It's probably going to be two hours and time permitting. I'll, I'll sit at the end and maybe do a little Q and A. Uh, but I'm going to be queuing up these videos, showing them for you, giving a lot of announcements about the pod the glass cannon podcast uh it's not the state of the nation i'll probably still do that in november like i always do but this is the state of the pod you gotta be there live um and that's all i'm gonna say about it
2: and if you say it's gonna be two hours that means it will absolutely be four hours he, he only ever <sighs> says things and uh, and they double in line whatever
1: he says double it and that's the length well, of the ca- any of live <laughs> event that he does the character creation videos alone if i just played them start to finish would take about an hour and a half Yeah, so you're going to talk a lot more than 30 minutes. I don't have a whole lot to say. (laughs) Less is more, Joe. Less is more. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to that. What time does that start? 8 p.m. Eastern, live, twitch.tv slash the glass cannon.
2: Is this going to be released
1: elsewhere? Because it's uh, it's it's a
2: very Twitch streamy kind of thing. Like, yeah. it, is there going to be an audio only version of the state of the pod?
1: Yeah, you know what? Um, what we're going to do is the following week, all of those individual character videos are going to appear on YouTube. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'll drop one video a day, but just the video, a standalone video. My whole presentation and whatnot that's just going to be uh, available uh, on Twitch. I'm not going to release a podcast of that because it 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 won't play very well. Um, so. The the character videos are what people are going to want to really see. And then when you and I do fodder the week after, we can kind of go over some of the details of the announcements.
2: Will the character build videos be released as audio only?
1: I don't know yet. I don't know. Maybe. We haven't discussed that internally.
2: They're very much so not like shot – on podcast mics or anything like that like they are like you know loose lobs out in the city uh, so it's it's very i don't know if it'll lend itself to audio
1: so yeah we, i know we'll people see. get bummed out about that i don't like it and i get it but like if the audio isn't great it it doesn't hit our quality standards it works for something like this but it may not work for a pod well let me figure that out i we, we still hadn't decided that and i'm mad that you brought it up
2: well, I just like to pre-ask <laughs> no. the questions people are absolutely going yeah, to ask. No,
1: I know, I know, but uh, the, the, you'll be able to watch them on YouTube at least, um, and then maybe, maybe we'll we'll add them. I, I don't know. That,
2: I Normally, I come in yeah. at this time and be like, "We are stupid," and talk about all the rules that we got wrong in two weeks of SideQuest side quest side Session. and I'm sure that there's a few. But Professor Eric was. Unavailable. No office hours for Professor Eric as he was busy running a thousand games at Gen Con. <laughs> uh, Professor Eric, while he did not make an appearance in the booth, was, uh, an official Paizo GM for, uh, in the Sagamore ballroom all weekend long. We ran into him at the very end, uh, and he looked as exhausted as we were. Uh, but sounds like he had a great Gen Con and he's really excited to get back on board with, uh, starting to listen to, uh, our content and get us, get back to us with, uh, rule corrections or whatnot so i'm not going to focus on rules today i just want to focus uh, on a couple questions as you approached this um well, yeah. I mean, as you guys know, spoilers abound. Don't even listen to this if you're not caught up on on Sidequest, side quest side Session, because these are a couple really big sessions as we get into the vault proper and begin unlocking, so to speak, the puzzle of the four seasons uh, that lies beneath the um, hallucinations of uh, as you you know insert the lock and enter into a landscape that represents each season. Uh, written in the module or something you came up with? Just curious.
1: I don't remember what you're talking about.
2: When I put the key <laughs> in the lock in like the winter side, I guess it was, or no, the summer side, it was like, I all of a sudden saw myself like on a beach Oh and yes. it was like, you know, these like, uh,
1: Hallucinations, for lack of a better term. Yeah, it just says that you experience the opposite of like – so if you go in winter, you experience summer. So I was just improvising that. I didn't have anything written. I, I, I figured. Um, that's why it was probably sloppy. It but, was real uh, sloppy, so that's what yeah. I figured. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean just – I'm trying to write less because it always sounds better when it's off, off the dome. Uh, but yeah, just it, – it, they're very vague in, in how they experience that. But uh, t- tip of the penis to you for uh, – <laughs> realizing immediately <laughs> my rib how to how to break that like of all people you mr i hate riddles you got it you like totally got it and dude i'm so my brain is so all over the place i didn't even make the connection to the fact that like the greetings you always say the opposite yeah. you made that like i I just knew it was the opposite but I, i forgot like that's the whole thing they set up at the beginning and you picked that i was like is that Joe Brian over there? What? Yeah,
2: it was a rare moment of, uh, of clarity on a riddle and I was still very very, I was not sure I had it, I was very nervous because it's a huge commitment you're taking these move actions to move across this huge landscape, so it's going to take you two rounds, at least, even if you're triple moving, to move all the way across to the other thing, and the entire time you're getting blasted with elemental damage and I did not have a lot of hit points, so I was like this is a big risk I'm taking on this puzzle I think it's this, so I'm just going to go with it and, uh, oh cop, so Glad that it turned out to be right because normally my instincts are 180 degrees wrong,
1: and it's wildly dangerous if you guys don't figure that out soon. I mean, you figured it out, and you still almost uh, had. Oh man, everybody was down to like single
2: digits, bro. After that encounter, Uh, but awesome encounter, really, really fun. And then we get to. What I consider, you know, the chef's kiss, the pivotal moment, the moment that every GM loves more than anything, which is when the trusted NPC turns
1: on the party. Hey, you guys didn't see it coming. I we feel had like a few I
2: really. We've had a few yeah. of these in the, in the many, many years that we've been uh, gaming together. Talk to me all about this one. When did you find out? Uh, do, do, do they mention it the first time he's, his name is mentioned in the book that he's going to attack them later? Like, how did this all this traitorous bastard
1: story all come together? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's in the Adventure Summary, so you know that Lelgeshen is going to uh, turn on them. And uh, so... My goal in these situations is to always play them like you never see it coming. Because like, if I even give a hint to it and you start thinking about that, it changes everything. And, you know, his motives are not, nah, I'm evil. You know, they're much, they're, they're much deeper than that. And I'm not going to re- reveal that, but, uh, that's why it made it a lot easier to play him as, uh, someone honorable. Um, because his motives aren't like, fuck these guys. It's, it's, it's much, <laughs> it's much different. But, you know, a real, I, I had a little minor issue with the uh, the module, and this has come up time and time again, and you're a bit of a healing apologist, uh, so I'm curious your thoughts on this. These are back-to-back things. You go from the traps straight into the dungeon. So I had Leljeshin give you some potions, even though you were going to fight him, and the way I justified it was like... Uh, You know, he doesn't even know what's on the other side of the vault. So he wants to make sure that you guys can take care of it and be at the best so that he can, uh, take the, uh, the crown and whatnot. But like, if I don't do that, it's ATPK. And another thing is those traps reset. Like immediately. So you guys would there was there was just no chance. And so I I wonder if we're just missing something. I, I and no one has brought it up. I I read I read the board, well, I don't read the boards as much anymore, but like I feel like and this is a two-e adventure, so it's not a one e conversion where it's like, ah, you just go cure magic, cure magical wand, you know. So I I just don't know. Like it's impossible. If he doesn't now, he did have things that he's supposed to give you, and uh, I didn't give them to you earlier, and so they do give you. Uh, they were they were what I gave you, but like that the does juggernaut, uh, the juggernaut uh, John, yeah, that's what I gave you. I didn't even give you potions. I gave you those because those are listed as things he's supposed to give you. Um But I just I don't. You really that trap resets. I'll, I'll look. But well, maybe uh, we can get uh, maybe we can get a little feedback from
2: Professor Eric on this after the fact. Um, uh, he he usually listens to the FOD and. And maybe he can just give us some insight on, and he knows that scenario. You know, he's a PFS veteran GM, so like he knows that scenario, and maybe he can give us some insight onto like, well, look, this is why most parties don't even move forward without a cleric or a bunch of potions in their backpack. Or maybe it's like this one was uh, the exception to the rule. This really was such a brutal combat, and I've
1: seen parties die. I'm I'm curious uh, to get his take on it. Here's a lit. The trap is powered by the eternal bloom. It resets after five minutes, at which time the doors to the vault slam shut once again. If I had done that, not only would this have been a 40 episode side quest side sesh, but like you, you die. And so I just yeah. had to not do that. It
2: so was, I, was, was it 4d6 damage every time a, the blast went off? Each blast? Uh,
1: failure is 4d6. Success is 2d6. Critical failure is 4d6 plus drained or enfeebled. You get a condition because they're and all different. what was the DC? Different. Uh, the DC is... Um, and I so this know, is
2: the same whether you're playing 24,
1: the... 24. DC 24. Yes, yeah, it's ridiculous.
2: And this is the same whether you're playing the... The 3-4 version or the 5-6 version? Are we playing uh, a 3-4 version?
1: You're playing the 3-4 version. No, uh let me scale down to the 5-6, John, here and see what it is. Oh, yeah, I didn't even look at that. 5-6, it's DC-27 Fortitude. And it's 4D6, uh, 2d6 plus 2 or 4d6 plus 4. Got it. Um And then the critical <laughs> failure, you get persistent damage and, like, other shit. You know, so, like, it also it, having the fact brutal. that, like, it's always fortitude. Like, there's got to be one of you that's going to be a little light on fortitude. You know, and you have no potions. You know, you shouldn't have to have a healer. But even a healer, if a five-minute reset, there's not a lot. You can... They all go down again. I mean, you never get into that room. So, I don't know. I just... Either we're missing something or people are like, yeah, no, no, that that's a that's a PC killer.
2: Yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah. So write in. Let us know. Is it are we missing something or is this just a particularly brutal set of encounters uh, that that set us up for that? But uh yeah, I, I don't want to talk too much more about it because it's getting me thinking about other stuff uh in terms of um in terms of Pathfinder mechanics that we all talk about in uh in our Gatewalkers session zero and stuff like that. when we got together and talked. We were very like, you know. We were addressing all these issues that we've come across in our couple of years of playing two E. So it's I don't want to talk anything about what we talked about behind the scenes because you'll see stuff roll out in these character videos. Um All right, well you know what? I think that's good. I think we gotta go. Oh what no! A wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't leave without talking about how like Rufus is going to die. Uh, <laughs> Rufus
1: isn't bad. So
2: yeah, I, I actually talked to Jared right after the session and I was like before we can act on the next session, like let's talk a little turkey on the crunchiness of going down with uh persistent damage. I think you, know, you there was a
1: flowchart that was talked about or yes, made by you. <laughs>
2: yes. I, I wrote a little flow chart uh and it's just it's it's a character killer, a PC killer, and I and I think you know I'd love to hear Eric's thoughts on that too, if that's the way he has seen it in in society play. It's like if you or you know he also runs home games on APs and stuff. If you go to dying and you have persistent damage, you're essentially immediately you're dying. You, immediately you roll a recovery check. If that doesn't go well, if you happen to fail that, you go down one, then damage ticks and you go down another one. Like it's It's really, really deadly and you have to roll a natty 15 to get out of that. Now, people can come and help you, but, like, all they can do is do, like, an aid roll, basically, and you still have to make that roll. You still have to roll a natty 15 at some point in order to get out of that uh, that situation. Sometimes you can make it a natural 10, or sometimes it can be something that's so obviously cured, right? Like, if it's pers- persistent fire damage and we dump you in a pool, maybe you can just say it's over, but, like, there ain't no pool around. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> It's going to be a really, really bad situation and I'm sad because I really like Rufus and I want to, uh, I don't want him to go out this way, but in playing with order of the Amber die, they lost a character this way in their, um, what's it called? The, uh, abomination vaults, the abomination vaults, the, uh, one character death that they had so far, I don't think they've had more than one so far, uh, was persistent damage. And the whole party was standing there. Like, they had a healer and everything, like, trying to help. And it just, like, the healer was out of heels and it, the medicine, the, the out-of-battle medicines, you know, treat wounds takes 10 minutes. It, you can't do it. And it just they couldn't make the, the uh, DC 15 flat check and it killed the character. So we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. This
1: is why hero points are so clutch tomorrow and, night. Really? Yeah. I mean, hero points just, I, I get it. Like this is why people love them, but like hero points also, they don't remove the drain. I mean, they don't remove these persistent damage. It just kind of gives you, buys you more time. Uh, yeah. But you man. can drop that hero point. You lose the dying condition. You immediately stabilize
2: and then you immediately take damage from the persistent damage and you start the process over again. Like yeah, it is a killer. Gatewalkers,
1: you guys better be juicy in Gatewalkers. This is gonna be a lot of deaths in Book One. <laughs> is there a lot of persistent damage? I mean, the game is built that way. I'm just seeing it more and more in in all the things we play. Persistent damage is like the. I think the devs are like everything is going to have persistent damage. So well, fun,
2: <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I really like it honestly because it goes to show the the um, increasing. Uh, effects that this damage taking has on you. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like it, it doesn't just go away, you know, like there are a lot of things that are going to create ongoing damaging effects that you can be alive. I mean, you know, lots of people die like this, right? Like they're injured. They're still alive for a little while, but they are just dying and dying and dying and nothing you can do can stop it. Uh, even with all the technology we have, even with all the, you could be at a hospital and still it just is not enough. And I, 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 it's neat to see that represented in, uh, in, in the game mechanics, but that doesn't mean I want Rufus to die. (laughs) Uh, oh right, man well let's wrap it up there great post gen con john uh yep. looking forward to get back to work here man back to back to recording back to we got getting the trunks we got uh uh voyages of the jumper often and recording and yep. we got uh side quest side sesh each night we got state of the pod friday night eight o'clock eastern so much cool shit going on uh please come hang out with us uh chill on twitch listen wherever you listen and uh very exciting updates coming this friday until then take it easy everybody goodbye goodbye Bah, I'm going maybe I'll go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Snooze. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit Glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon.